the fourteenth day of the month. Like a city breached without walls is one who lacks self-control. Proverbs 25, verse 28. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. Today we consider self-control as a fruit of the Spirit. Self-discipline is not a favorite pursuit for most of us. Self-indulgence is the more popular pursuit, for that is much less work and certainly more fun in the short term. In the verse above from 1 Corinthians, Paul seeks to motivate us by comparing the short and the long view of things. The wreaths of wilting laurel leaves placed upon the heads of winning athletes in ancient times is not to be compared to what James 1.12 calls the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. As a part of your offering to God today, honestly answer these questions. In what part of my life do I have sufficient self-control? In what areas do I need to improve? Am I determined to bring about improvement with the help of God? Opening prayer. God, you call me to ever greater devotion and service. Help me to have under self-control every impulse that distracts me from loving you, every impediment that disrupts my work for you. As a trainer prepares an athlete for the contest, so discipline me that I may grow in strength and endurance and may receive the crown of life from your hand. Shine forth with such beauty that I may willingly accept even your necessary correction of me, that I may value above all your eternal realm and its righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous ordinances, I'll observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. From the book of Job, chapter 31, verses 1 through 23. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? And what is the portion of God from above, or the heritage of the Almighty from on high? Is it not calamity to the unjust and disaster to those who work iniquity? Does it not see my ways and number all my steps? If I have walked with falsehood and my foot has hastened after deceit, let him weigh me with accurate scales and let God know my integrity. If my step has turned from the way or my heart followed my eyes or if any spot has stuck to my hands, let me sow and another eat and let my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman or have lurked at my neighbor's doorway, may my wife grind for another and let others kneel down over her. For that would be a lustful crime. Moreover, it would be an iniquity punishable by judges. For it would be fire that consumes to Abaddon and would uproot all my increase. If I have despised the claim of my male or female slaves when they filed a complaint against me, 
What then can I do when God arises? And when he calls me to account, what will I answer him? Did not he who made me in the womb make him in the same one fashion in us in the womb? If I have kept the poor from their desire, have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten my morsel alone, and the orphan has not shared it. But from my youth he grew up with me as a father, and from infancy I guided her. If I have seen anyone perish for lack of clothing, or that the needy had no covering, if his loins have not thanked me, and he has not been warm with the fleece of my sheep, if I have lifted up my hand against the orphan, because I saw I had support in the gate, let my shoulder fall from the socket, my arm be broken off at the elbow. For calamity from God is a terror to me, and because of his majesty I can do nothing. From the book of Acts, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. When Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas had some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of God and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus as the same as they are also. From the Gospel according to John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 29. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thursday's Prayer 
God, your glory calls your people to adoration daily. Guide and inspire all who plan and who will take leadership in the worship of our congregation when again we gather in prayer on the Lord's Day. To musicians, lectors, preachers, and all others, give a full measure of your Holy Spirit, that they may glorify not themselves but you. Prepare my heart and the hearts of all your people to receive their ministries with joy and gratitude to you, and extravagant generosity toward others. This we pray through Christ the Risen One. Amen. A prayer within the 12-step community entitled, Am I Willing? Dear God, help me to forget what I have done for other people and to remember what other people have done for me, to ignore what the world owes me and to think what I owe the world, to put my rights in the background and my duties in the middle distance, my chances to do a little more than my duty in the foreground, to see that my fellow members are just as real as I am and to try to look behind their faces to their hearts as hungry for joy as mine is, to own that probably the only good reason for my existence is not what I can get out of life, but what I can give to life, to close my book of complaints against the management of the universe and look for a place where I can sow a few seeds of happiness. Am I willing to do these things even for a day? Then I have a good chance of staying with the program. Amen. The full version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen.